3: Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
4: Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug was in for Colin earlier today. Go back and download the podcast if you missed any of that. Aaron Torres, Rich Orenberger, filling in for Doug. We are broadcasting live from the Tirec.com studios. So, Rich, I, I do want to get to some college football in a minute, but before the break, we're talking a little bit about some, some things Aaron Rodgers has said since the Jets reported a training camp a few days ago, the insinuation from Aaron Rodgers being that he plans to be with the New York Jets for more than one year. Before the break, I asked you, I said, so, so what is the ceiling for this team? Because I, I do think that most people seem to think decent to very good uh, but the schedule, especially early, Bills at the Cowboys, Chiefs, and then Eagles within the first six weeks with a trip to Denver as well, uh, sets them up to, to to maybe potentially struggle out of the gate. So you said that you do like them, and part of it is based on the division, some uncertainty in Buffalo, definitely some uncertainty in Miami. But you took it a step further before the break saying that you think they can compete for a Super Bowl. And that caught me by surprise only because with all the great quarterbacks in the AFC, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, you mentioned Josh Allen, so maybe you're not quite as high on Buffalo as others. I haven't heard a lot of people make the argument that the Jets can or will get that far what gives you some confidence that that they maybe are more of a player than some people are giving them credit for?
5: How about a four time MVP winner? Like, good, it, right? you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty good quarterback. And I, I realize that last season was disappointing for the Green Bay Packers, but could we rewind and look at what the Green Bay Packers had, especially offensively? Is it anything like what we're seeing around New York Jets right now? I mean, Brees Hall, he only appeared in seven games, but this guy was averaging close to six yards a carry, scored four touchdowns in that time, and that's just on the ground alone. He's also a pretty good passing back. And then you look at Garrett Wilson, who, who Aaron Rodgers has now com- compared to Devontae Adams in terms of it reminding him of his, uh, his former teammate in Green Bay. Um, Garrett Wilson was over a 1,000 yard receiver and was sensational. And he was getting the ball thrown to him by the likes of Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. So, I mean, there is talent on this Jets offense. It's just been largely unable to be tapped because they didn't have a quarterback. And they just added a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame five years after the day that he decides to hang it up for good. And assuming health, which you have to assume, uh, if this team stays healthy, uh, another if- Look, and you got to factor it in if they have chemistry, because chemistry is important too. If if they're well led by Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers, I mean the sky's the limit for the New York Jets because that defense, that defense is, I mean, downright dirty. if they had any kind of offense. The New York Jets would have been in the postseason last year. If they had any kind of offense, they might have even won some games. So you just just added arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks, not only in the NFL today, but in history to an offense that was one like halfway decent arm away from like one Kirk Cousins away from being a playoff contender. You know, I mean, you didn't you didn't need an Aaron Rodgers, but that's what you got. And so I think this Jets offense could end up being a Ferrari. So I
4: don't I don't disagree. I I just think that the path is just so tough. And I know you, I I know you didn't, you know, plant the flag and say they're going to the Super Bowl. They're winning the AFC. I just, you know, the the number of guys that you got to get through. But I will say this, though. I, I do think there has been a little bit of revisionist history on Aaron Rodgers this past offseason. I, I feel like, listen, a lot of the media, I still think, doesn't really like him for maybe some of the comments that he's made. He's not easy to deal with. Um, you know, he's called out certain media members, whatever. I think there's certain media members that just flat out don't like him and I think there's a little bit of revisionist history with last year, is they started off slow, I get it, but he was also hurt, he was also banged up, and despite all of that, uh, despite the injuries, got them obviously to within a game of making the playoffs last year, and they they were the hot team at the end of the year, right? Like, you know, they had won prior to that Detroit game, they had won four straight, and, and you know, it was kind of the cliche of, like, don't let Green Bay get in, don't want to have to face Aaron Rodgers on wildcard weekend, so... That is one thing I will say. You, you know, you open that by saying they do have a four-time MVP at quarterback. Am I crazy? Rich, real quick, do, do, do you think there's been a little bit of revisionist history on last year because I remember the injuries. I remember the banged up hand and 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 you know, not being able to really grip the football. And I see a lot of people this offseason saying, "Well, did you watch Aaron Rodgers last year? That that
5: wasn't the the two-time reigning MVP." It's like, "Yeah, cuz he was freaking hurt for most of the year." You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I do think so. I I believe, look, I believe in Aaron Rodgers' talent, but I also believe that sometimes, you know, to gel and to come together as a squad, it takes time. And so I'm speaking out of both the sides of my mouth right now when I say this, but there is a world where, you know, like we just discussed, September hits, and the Jets are one and three, You know, and it is that slow start we were discussing potentially occurring to the Jets. And then Aaron Rodgers is giving those answers that he gave to start the season with Green Bay where, you know, hey, we still got a lot to work on. Guys are still making mistakes. It's a complex offense, but we're going to work through it. These are growing pains, blah, blah, blah. Or potentially, and if they're smart they're going to simplify the playbook to the best of their ability to, to have the most advanced yet simple offense they can possibly provide and go out there and win some games early and, and showcase what, what special ability Aaron has that, obviously Zach Wilson doesn't and maybe someday he will but doesn't currently in the NFL and um, certainly none of the other players who are part of this roster at that quarterback position possess I mean he's that special so if he stays healthy if this team gels during per- training camp like I said I, the sky's the limit and and we saw Tom Brady take a Tampa Bay team that looked pretty you know, somewhat listless at quarterback or offensively the year before he arrived. And he turned that team completely around and they had a staggering defense the same way the Jets do. And they had enough weapons around the offense to get the job done. They just needed a quarterback. And the same, could, the same thing could be said about the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers this season.
4: Jets again open on a Monday night football uh, game with the Buffalo Bills. And then from there have a pretty pretty daunting schedule on the front end at Dallas. New England at home obviously is manageable. KC <laughs> at home at Denver and the Philadelphia Eagles to open the season. So we'll learn a lot about these Jets quick. And, of course, we'll learn about them here in the coming weeks as Hard Knocks begins. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres and Rich Orenberger filling in for Doug Gottlieb coming up. College football media days, SEC wrapped yesterday. Today was the Pac-12, and you will not believe what the commissioner said or didn't say about the league's future. We explain that next. Thanks for listening
3: to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
2: Fox Sports Radio. Aaron
4: Torres and Rich Orenberger filling in for Doug Gottlieb. This is, of course, the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, Rich, so I want to switch gears. I think most people listening know, but you are based in San Diego, uh, cover the San Diego State Aztecs, and of course you played uh, football for many years uh, in the Big Ten at Penn State, and of course in the NFL. Why I bring it up, college football is starting to ramp up alongside the NFL. Earlier this week we had SEC Media Days. Today, though, Pac-12 has just one media day where, listen, it's, it's an interesting time because UCLA, USC are there for the final year, but what makes it interesting is that for people who do not know, the Pac-12 is on, is on the brink. They are teetering as of this moment. They do not have a TV contract as a conference beyond this season. As Nick just mentioned, George Klyovkov, the commissioner, was uh, addressing the media at Pac-12 Media Day today. Here is what he had to say about the future of the league.
7: I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. We're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear... That would imply that the deal is done and just you're waiting until after today? I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. The longer we wait for the media deal, the better our options get, and I think our board realizes that. And the, uh, there's an underlying shift in the media market that's happening, and we're long-term taking advantage of that, but short-term, it may have provided some hiccups. Did the PAC-12 lead San Diego State to believe that an invite was forthcoming, or do you think they made assumptions they shouldn't have? Uh, I'm not going to disclose my conversations with any potential expansion candidates, but I will tell you that, generally speaking, we've never given anyone an indication that anything would be different than the sequence that I just mentioned, which is get our media rights deal done, get our grant of rights signed, and then we'll consider expansion.
4: So that was Commissioner George Klyovkov of the Pac-12 earlier today. Rich, I'll say this. First of all, he covered a lot of ground there. I do want to start with, again, a media rights deal for people who do not understand. There is no Pac-12 TV deal beyond next season. That has obviously been on the brink since USC and UCLA announced this time last year that they were leaving. This is what I want to ask you, Rich. And maybe I'm being mean-spirited, and it's a Friday, and it's July, and I need to be nicer because it's, it's it's a beautiful time of year, and we should all be having rainbows and sunshine. I get the concept of wanting to celebrate what should actually be a very good football product on the field. I also feel like if there was something amazing to share, that they would have shared it. And, and oh, by the way, on top of that, he also mentioned on the back end, there's a changing narrative going on behind the scenes in media, and we have to take it. Well... It, so is there a deal? Is there not a deal? Are we focusing on football today? What is the changing... Like, like It just felt like I I, I get that he is in a tough position. It felt to me like he didn't even speak out of both sides of his mouth there, Rich. Uh, I think he spoke out of three or four, I didn't even know you could have three or four different sides of your mouth, but I think he spoke out of all of them in that particular case.
5: Everybody got has to just quiet their mind for a second, right? And remember what a commissioner's job is. And I'm talking about specifically in sports, a commissioner of a conference, a commissioner of a league, you know, things that Adam Silver will say about the NBA or things that Roger Goodell will say about the NFL or Rob Manfred will say about Major League Baseball, or in this case, George Klievkoff will say about the Pac-12. He's going to say, like these other league owners I just mentioned, whatever his constituents want him to say so in a league it's your ownership those are the people who you're pandering for in a in a in a in a conference it's university presidents and athletic departments so when you have these athletic directors specifically telling you like hey listen like we need the best possible deal and a small committee of us along with university presidents are going to get to together with you know name yeah, espn fox uh uh you know streaming services cbs NBC, whoever and we're going to hash out the best possible deal for us that's that's the hard work behind the scenes the forward-facing liaison to the general public is the commissioner now it's your job to go to go make sure that nobody panics to go make sure that nobody looks at us like we're not doing our jobs and to go make us look as good as possible during this very laborious process like you said he's in a real tough spot and so his job is to say a whole lot of words without saying anything and so if that was the goal mission accomplished because George Klievkoff, we just played a two-minute soundbite. We have no further information, and, and article writers are leaving with enough that they can write whatever speculation they want to write about, and they're going to support it with his non-answers.
4: But let me jump in on this, though. If the argument is, is that we want to focus on football— could I not be devil's advocate and sit here and say? And again, this is a little inside baseball. For people who might not follow college sports on a daily basis. But my question is: Would any, like like if Greg Sankey was finalizing a deal for the SEC? Sure. And we knew it was going to be a monster deal. Maybe he doesn't have all the details yet. I, I don't know. I I just couldn't. Can I play devil's advocate to sit here and say if there was a deal? on the table, right now, that everybody was happy with, isn't this the exact place that you would... Like, Like the college football world is... uh, There's a spotlight on you. Everybody wants to know what's going on. Everybody wants to know what the future is. And you're right. There is uh, some sort of innuendo, and you can't believe everything you read, and only the school presidents really know what's real and what isn't. But it doesn't stop the writers, the reporters, the fans, the message boards. And I do feel like if there was something positive... If there was something great, today is the day the whole college football world is watching you.
5: This feels like the day that it should be coming out. No, Rich? Oh, yeah. No, that is 100% true. If this was a done deal or if this was close to being finalized, you'd know about it. Um, and look, I, I'm not going to share uh, who I've heard this from or or, or any of that. But, I, you know, look, I, I've heard that this deal could take all the way till Labor Day to be sorted out. I mean, we may we may go the rest of the summer without really hearing anything further about Pac-12. And and by the way, even that deadline, that Labor Day uh, date that I just tossed out there, the suspicion is they're going to go beyond that. Because every single deadline, whether real or, or fake or whatever, that has been set for the Pac-12 to get a media rights deal set by – They've blown through every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't see this on I don't see this on the horizon. I think that it's possible the Pac-12 gets into their college football season and potentially deep into their college football season before this deal gets done. It's just it's it's a mess right now in terms of trying to get the best deal because let's let's also face it if if they don't have a firm commitment from the remaining 10 teams and then from potential candidates in joining, then what are they selling these networks? Mm -hmm. I mean, so you need at very least the 10 remaining teams outside of UCLA and USC to agree and to put something in writing that you can show the networks and then also you need to have at very least a verbal agreement if not something that can quietly exist on paper between yourselves i'm talking about the conference and potential teams that can jump ship on their own conferences to join your conference and sell that to the networks and i don't think they have those sort of things in writing right now
4: well and that's that's where the concern comes in is is you know to be clear i'm not rooting against anything or anybody um but i also think and maybe i haven't done- Done a good enough job of setting this up. Um, I think the public has been kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping for something positive. And, you know, we're now literally under a year away, like, like stuff's got to get signed so that these schools, again, uh, you know, the ones that have options, like they, they know what's going on. So I just find it interesting. Um, I hope that I'm wrong because, listen, I live on the West Coast. I want a viable college sports product that isn't... Um, you know, fractured where, you know, these two schools are going to the Big 12 and maybe the Big 10 takes somebody at a discount rate outside of USC and UCLA and these three or four schools are screwed. I want it to work. I just feel like, I don't know, I, I just feel like as the commissioner, you had six months to, to I think, just show some sort of uniformity or positivity and I got like six different messages there. I got uh, the media rights deal is on. We're not even talking about the media rights deal. Uh, we're focuses on football. But no, the media rights deal isn't done. But no, we have positives that are coming. And it just it, it felt like a scattered message. And I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I would have loved to hear. I don't know what the perfect answer would have been. I'm not sure that was it. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Rich Orenberger filling in for Doug Gottlieb. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coming up, time to play a game. That's next, Fox Sports Radio.
3: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
5: T.J. Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
8: you get your podcasts from. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: That's right. Hour two, the Doug Gottlieb show. Doug filled in for Colin Cowherd this morning. If you missed any of that, you can go back and download the podcast. Aaron Torres and Rich Orenberger are filling in for Doug, taking you up until 5 p.m. Eastern time. And we are broadcasting live from the Tirec.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirec.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, Rich, we open the show. Talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, as Nick Cope just said. Uh, it sounds as though Aaron Rodgers is committed to a second season beyond just this year in New York, uh, but across town. Things are not as hunky dory. Everything isn't going very well for the New York Football Giants. It goes without saying, all week long, this whole narrative has kind of really sucked the oxygen out of the room as far as all NFL conversation, and it involves Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley by now we know the situation. Um, you know, had been offered a contract, it wasn't to his liking. Um, the extension was not signed before obviously Monday's deadline. And so there's been a very public back and forth. Uh, First, you know, a a big conversation about the status of the running back position and are any of these guys going to get paid? We find out that, of course, there's a text thread among a couple of the prominent ones about the frustration about the the current status of the position. Um, From there, you have Saquon Barkley going on a podcast saying he just might not show up. And the latest twist as of this morning, or really late last night, I should say, is that Saquon Barkley in a move that is very 2023? You know you're Gen Z when you do this, Rich Rich Orenberger. You and I I think are millennials. I don't think we're Gen Z, but you're Gen Z when you're unhappy with your employer and you move any reference from your uh you, you remove any reference of your employer from social media. That is what Saquon Barkley has done. His Instagram profile, a very nice picture of him with his shirt off, his Instagram information, proud father. Other than that, no reference to the New York Giants, no no Giants paraphernalia, nothing to do with the only organization that he has ever played for in the NFL. What did you make of this latest twist in the Saquon Barkley Giants back and forth?
5: Well, he's just trying to make it very obvious that he is heading towards um, taking a real action here. And here's the comparison I'll make, and obviously the stakes are much lower in terms of the cost of human life, and we're talking about a running back who is looking to get a longer-term extension and earn, I don't know, whatever it is, two to $4 million more on a contract annually over three years, say. Um, comparing it to war seems a little silly, but I'm going to do it because it's escalation. And it's standard escalation practices. Like we have an active war going on in Ukraine right now because Russia invaded, right? Well, it wasn't like it just happened out of nowhere. You know, there was geopolitics in play for years and years and years. Obviously, there were advances made on both sides, whether it be uh, Ukraine's um, semi-alliances with NATO or Russia or Moscow making proclamations about wanting the land bridge back to, you know, uh, 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 Crimea, whatever it may be. Like, there's, there's all these different things at play that suggest that escalation is occurring. And you, you can say that you could be blind to it. You could say, oh, well, it was completely out of nowhere and nobody saw it coming. Well, you'd also be lying a little bit because it, the writing was on the wall. Well, that's the same thing with this. Like, if anybody is surprised if Saquon Barkley holds out, I mean, you're lying to yourself. He is, he is, cl- this is classic escalation. You know what I mean? This is this is mobilizing troops to the front lines before launching the first missile or rolling the first tank onto what soon will become a battleground. It's it's just what happens when people are preparing for war. Now in this situation, it's more of siege warfare with Saquon Barkley. He's going to try to smoke out the New York Giants. He's going to withhold um, of something very valuable from them. Right? He's going to say, hey. Last year, I had my 1,312 yards, my best rushing effort of my career, my first Pro Bowl since 2018. And if you want those, you're going to have to pay dearly for them. So I'm going to sit over here in my camp, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to take all of my New York Giants uniforms. I'm going to lock them away in a closet somewhere. I'm going to take all my New York Giants mentions off of my Instagram and scrub my Twitter account, and you guys are going to have to pay me. Well, we'll see who blinks first. But this is what it looks like when two sides are readying themselves for a big altercation. That's what it looks like to me. Now, who knows? Maybe I could be completely wrong. Maybe Saquon Barkley is bluffing and he's not going to hold out. But it sure looks to me like all signs are pointing towards a holdout. I
4: will tell you, I'm actually pretty torn on this one, and let me explain why, is a, a few days ago, Dan Beyer and I were filling in for Covino and Rich. you can hear at the top of the hour, and it was kind of the beginning stages of this conversation, of, you know, the what is the running back market? And, and I said at the time, I said, you know, like, I'm sorry, but Anyone that's surprised that you can't get paid as a running back, like I, you've been living under a rock for the last decade because it has been trending this way forever. And I referenced, you know, Todd Gurley. I remember when he was drafted a decade ago, it was unheard of to use a top 10 pick on a running back. Todd Gurley's already out of the league. Why do I bring it up? It's because, on the one hand, like I don't feel bad for running backs because this is just the reality of the position. I also do think that Saquon Barkley is uniquely right to feel frustrated because we know the contract that Daniel Jones got over the course of this offseason. It'd be one thing, if, like, like Austin Eckler is a perfect example, right? Austin Eckler, we know he's phenomenal. Nobody's doubting it. But we also know that the bread is buttered with the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert, whenever that extension comes, is going to be massive, and it's going to be deservedly so. I don't know that you could argue that Daniel Jones got a deserved extension at the money that he did, and so Saquon – like, like it, again, it'd be one thing if the quarterback was can't-miss, elite, and there's only so much money to go around. But when you actively choose to pay Daniel Jones what you paid him based on the production that he has given you throughout his career, knowing that Saquon's contract is coming up, and knowing that he is going to expect more than the franchise tag money at $10 million, $10.9 million – it's one where I I, I I do understand, like, I think that any running back in 2023 who is shocked that there's, no val- that there's not a huge market for them is fooling themselves. I also do believe that da- uh, Saquon Barkley, because of the salary that Daniel Jones paid, has a unique gripe and a unique beef in this situation. Does that make sense to you, Rich?
5: Yeah, it does. It does. However, if you look at the contract that Daniel Jones signs and you compare it to... The rest of the NFL in terms of starting quarterback salaries, first of all, this is on the lower end. Second of all, it's going to age extremely well. I mean, you got to think of this like shopping in certain neighborhoods for real estate, like, there are certain neighborhoods where you pay a premium, and even if you're buying the cheapest house on a on a beautiful block, you're still going to pay out the nose. And so, yeah, Daniel Jones, it's kind of like buying the cheapest house on a really nice block because that same block you just described has Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Tua Tungvaloa and Jalen Hurts, who just vied for a Super Bowl and played extremely well in his Super Bowl appearance. Like, so... You're getting Danny Jones for a little bit of a song here, but it's still expensive to buy a starting quarterback, especially if you're going to buy him off of an expiring rookie deal. Whereas when you look at the running back neighborhood, it's still very nice. You can, you can still buy a really nice home on running back lane, but they're not as expensive as quarterbacks. Saquon Barkley's a big boy. He's been doing this for a very long time. Okay, He knows exactly how expensive it is for teams to re-sign quarterbacks. Now, he can complain all he wants about the money that Daniel Jones is getting. He was never, ever going to earn a contract that even looked like that. So if that is the case, which I'm not thinking it is, but if that is the case, well then he'd be delusional to imagine that he was going to get a contract of that size. And I'm not saying that he thought he was going to get the same contract
4: as Daniel Jones, but... I do think when you're coming out of an off season, where, and I, I get your point, Rich. I really do about the amount, the, the Daniel Jones's contract relative to everybody else's. I mean, Daniel Jones has 82 million guaranteed as part of his deal. Just as a comparison, Deshaun Watson has 240 million guaranteed, and we know that's the outlier contract. But even somebody like Kyler Murray has double the, the guaranteed money. Exactly. So, so I get that. I guess what I don't like. Two things. I don't think Saquon thinks or thought or should have expected Daniel Jones money or quarterback money is maybe the right way to put it. Um and I don't think he's like mad at Daniel Jones, but I, I again I, I just think Saquon is more valuable to his offense than than most running backs are to theirs. I think he is less replaceable, and the production that he brings, especially, by the way, as a receiver, uh, uh, Dan Beyer brought this point up the other day. It was a great point. 57 catches last year for Saquon Barkley. The point wasn't that he should get the same contract as Daniel Jones more than Daniel Jones. It's that because... Daniel Jones is is Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I don't know how to say it delicately. He's he's fine. He's okay. Um, a year ago we didn't think he was the future, and now he gets 82 million guaranteed. Good for him. I just think the Saquon's sitting there saying, like, my value to this offense is higher than most running backs' value is to the offense because of who the quarterback is. That was the only point I was trying to make. And and that is also why I understand his frustration. Is like, I love Daniel Jones, I'm sure he's a great guy, but that dude's getting eighty-two. And you can't give me a little bit more, a little bit bigger of the piece of the pie. And oh, by the way, to your point, Rich, you're not spending the same money that the Buffalo Bills are on a quarterback, the Kansas City Chiefs, the New York Jets, the fill in the blank, the whoever. So where else is that money going? I'm not a capologist, so I'm not sitting here trying to explain that I do know where it's going. But if you are spending a little bit less on the quarterback, but even still, that that, that contract, I do think when it came out, it was probably more than people expected. I just bring it up to say, uh, I don't know, I, I see both sides of this, even though I'm not sympathetic in general to the running back position.
5: Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm just being realistic. I do agree with everything you're saying about Saquon Barkley and about the running back position, but realistically, like this look at the top ten running backs in the league right now. Tony Pollard is in that group. Tony Pollard came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Um um Joe Mixon is a second round pick. I think he was taken close to 50th overall. 48th, I believe was his exact uh, draft position. Um who else is on this list? Uh Josh Jacobs was a first rounder uh nick chubb was a second rounder you know what i'm saying like like i'm i'm not saying that every single one of the top 10 running backs in the league austin eckler you could say you could easily put him in the top 10 that guy came out of nowhere like there there are certain players who yes you you know you take them in the first round like a christian mccaffrey a saquon barkley you know a, a dalvin cook And you say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's what a first-round running back looks like. And, okay, a team's going to roll the dice and take, you know, uh, 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 a first-rounder or spend a first-rounder on a running back, and hopefully they're controllable for six years. And in many cases, they are. Sometimes they have to re-up, and some of the running backs make less noise about that. Recently, a lot of these running backs are making a lot of noise about it because of the depreciation of that position in the NFL. But it's commensurate with the replace, rep, replaceability of the position. Uh, for, I'll give you a great com, like crossover sports comparison. Think of the war stat in baseball, the wins above replacement stat. When that, was start- when that started to be used in sabermetrics and moneyball-style team formation, there were a lot of big names who all of a sudden couldn't find jobs anymore because they were being replaced by certain players who could accumulate the same statistics or a couple of players who could accumulate the same statistics that they could for way less money. Well, that's essentially what's happening at the running back position. These teams are saying, as opposed to spending the huge dollars on running back, we will have, I don't know, a running back room by committee where we can replace your statistical achievements by having two running backs who are capable. Or we're going to get cheaper in the draft and find a second rounder who can play above maybe his ability that we perceived in the the college game. So – it's just a more replaceable position than it's ever been in the nfl and a lot of these even top rush running backs are arguing well i i rush for 1300 yards well there's a lot of teams who say well we don't need you to we're looking to have receivers catch for 1300 yards not running backs rush for 1300 yards it's an interesting debate um and i think independent of <laughs>
4: the social media post it, it does speak to where the running back position is Um, And if Saquon Barkley can't get money, that keeps him happy. Again, in that offense with a team that in the NFC is sort of built to kind of win now, especially, again, because the NFC is so down, uh, you wonder what the future is for all these other guys. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres and Rich Orenberger filling in for Doug Gottlieb.
8: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.